The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Ephesians chapter 4, everyone. Ephesians 4, we're going to look at verses 22 through 24. So the title of the message this morning is Godly Habits. Godly Habits. And uh, let's start by thinking of our habits. Uh, You got up this morning and you brushed your teeth, right? Everyone brushed their teeth. Okay, you combed your hairs and uh, you took a shower. I'm hoping everyone did that this morning. And you probably put your shoes on and one shoe at a time and you might not even think about it, but you probably put the same shoe on, you know, first and then the other one second. And if you have laces, you tie them a certain way that you learned when you were little around and under, you know, the rabbit coming out of the hole. You remember all that? And so you tie it a certain way. And uh, and this just shows that all of us here can form habits. We all form habits. We have good ones, and we all have bad ones. Let's not talk about those, but we (laughs) we all have bad habits. We can have godly habits as Christians as well, godly habits and sinful habits. So we're going to talk about this morning how to sever, cut off our godly, uh, ungodly habits, our unrighteous habits, our sinful habits, how to sever those and develop godly habits in our life. Before we look at Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, let's look at Hebrews 12, 1, which talks about laying aside the sin that does so easily beset us. This is just an excerpt from Hebrews 12.1. It says, let us lay aside every weight. Those are things that are, are fine. They're good. They're innocuous. But, but if we overdo them, they become a weight. So they're not sinful in a, of themselves. They just overdone can become a weight. Let us lay aside a weight, the weight, every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us. The sin... Notice that phrase, the sin, let's lay aside the sins that easily beset us. The word beset means surround. It means surround. So these are temptations and sins in our life that we feel surrounded by. We we feel weakened to. Uh, We're overwhelmed by them. I thought of an illustration. I was, when I was a teenager, a young teenager, my mom one day told me to go get the mail. And we lived next to the church, so I had to walk across the church parking lot to the mailbox. And as I'm walking, this motorcycle gang rode into the parking lot and surrounded me. They surrounded me. The, 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 guy, the guy in the lead, I think he had a chopper. You know, you've seen these guys, bad-looking guys, bad-looking dudes. I mean, a little helmet with a spike on the top, you know some leather jacket with some ghoulish name on the back and, you know, cut off sleeves so you can see the skull tattoo on his bicep, you know. That's the kind of guys that were, that they surrounded me. Uh, Dr. Phillips, you ever seen one of those? Okay. You don't happen to have a skull tattoo, do you? Okay, no? Okay. (laughs) 
He's not saying, okay. But anyway, they, they surrounded me and I'm sitting there, I'm standing there thinking, this is it. I'm done. It's been a nice life, but I'm, I'm finished. And I said, can I help you gentlemen? And uh, they said, we're just, we're just asking for directions. We need to get to 112th Street. And I go, oh, praise God. Praise God. I think they were just messing with me because I was a, a young teen. That's why this surrounded me. So they were having a little fun with that. But they, they, they had me surrounded. And they were much bigger than I and tougher than I. And, and if they wanted to, they could have done damage to my life. So you say, that, I, have this, I have this sin in my life, Pastor Zach, this weakness in my life. And I, 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 I give in to it all the time. I give in so easily. I feel surrounded by it, overwhelmed by it. That's a besetting sin. That's a besetting sin, but notice the passage. It says you can lay it aside. Lay it aside. By the grace of God, you can lay that aside. We, we all have strong environmental influences in our life that lead to sinful predispositions. Let me say that again. We all have strong environmental influences in our life that lead to sinful predispositions. Predispositions to anger, predispositions to lying, predispositions to resentment, lust, even something like same-sex attraction. So we have these influences in our life that can lead us into these predispositions. But we have a choice. We can follow those predispositions. We can give in to those predispositions. We can just give over ourselves to our besetting sins. Or we can, by the grace of God, resist them and move away from them and lay them aside. We can cut them off. We can sever them and develop godly habits in their place. Now, how do we sever a sinful habit and develop godly ones? Well, here's our formula, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Now let's read it, okay? Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Let's stop there. Lust is deceitful. Lust, lust offers you things that it cannot fulfill. Love is fulfilling. True self-sacrificing love is fulfilling, but lust is deceitful. It's deceitful. And so our old lifestyle, our old man is corrupted by this. And he says, put it off, put it off. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put off, put on. Put off, put on. Put off. The old man, the old lifestyle, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. So here's the formula, and, uh, and this, this, this is what has been well spoken uh, in many, for many years. Maybe you've heard this before, but uh, here's the formula. Remove, renew, replace. Would you say that with me, please? Remove, renew, replace. One more time. Remove, renew, replace. Remove, verse 22, renew, verse 23, replace, verse 24. There's your formula for godly habits. There's your formula for success in the Christian walk. Remove, renew, replace. Before we get into the outline, a technical issue that I must discuss. 
Do we have any Greek students out there? Can I hear you? Any Greek students? Okay, none today. All the Greek students skipped chapel, <laughs> okay? But um, if you're a Greek student, uh, this might sound familiar to you. Uh, so put off, notice put off, everyone, in verse 22. Put off is in the aorist tense. So is put on in verse 24. It's translated from the aorist tense in the Greek, showing an action related to a point in time. An action related to a point in time. So you might ask the question, looking at this passage, is this speaking of salvation? That once and for all putting off the old person and once and for all putting on Christ? Now there are some passages that speak of that. But I don't believe this passage is speaking of salvation. I don't believe it can be because Paul is addressing the Christian walk, chapter 4, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 17. He's addressing the Christian walk, not salvation. Also, the middle infinitive phrase, be renewed, that's there in verse 23, is in the present tense, which speaks of a continuous action. So even though the, word, the, the phrase put off and put on, those phrases are aorist tense, the, uh, the phrase be renewed is present tense. So you say, what does this mean? It simply means this. If we are continuously renewing our minds in the word of God, we will think and act differently when faced with a decision in time. So the put off and put on are, are speaking, those, those phrases are speaking of individual decisions in time. Multiple decisions. As we're renewed in the spirit of our mind through the word of God, we can put off in, in a moment in time, we can put off an old way and put on the new way, the godly way. And so let's think of this formula this morning. First of all, notice the... Uh, the formula in verse 22, the first part, remove, remove. That you put off, remove, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So put off your old way of life. Put off the old practices. Now, the old man is called the former conversation. Or we could say it this way, your old way is your former way of life that's not characterized by, by the life of Christ, all right? It's characterized by sinful flesh and the ways of this world. So put that off, put that off. Now the word conversation in modern English, we, we, have, we have changed the meaning of the word to mean only discourse, communication, but that's not what the word means. The word conversation, if you look in the original Webster Dictionary, means the way your whole life speaks. It means your conduct or your behavior. In fact, the literal meaning is to turn about. It's the way your whole life speaks, okay? Converse, to turn about. And so he's saying, put off that old conduct. Put off that old behavior. Put off your former way of life. Now, let's look at a par parallel verse, and in this verse, you're going to see the opposite order. Instead of put off first, you're going to see put on first. All right, here it is, Romans 13, 14. Would you read it with me, everyone out loud, please? Romans 13, 14. 
But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Put on Jesus Christ and make no provision. Put off, put away the desires of the flesh. Don't make provision for your sinful flesh. Remove yourself from any possible source of temptation, or we could say it this way, make it hard on yourself to sin. Put on Jesus Christ, put off the sinful flesh by not making provision for it, making it hard for yourself to sin in that way. Remove yourself from any possible source of temptation. Now, some of it, some of it you can't remove from, from, but as best as you can, remove yourself from temptation in that regard. Now, this involves three things, and I hope you never forget it. This involves three things, separating from people, from people. You may have to change your friend group. Because if your friend group is a constant source of temptation and you need to remove yourself and put off uh, temptation, well, then you're gonna have to remove yourself from that group. I had to do that when I was here at PCC. My friend group was not helping me originally, initially in my freshman and sophomore year. They were not helping me to walk the Christian walk. And so I had to have a conversation and say, you guys, we're going in, we ha we've had some good times together, but we're, we're going in different directions. So you may have to separate from a friend group. So this involves separating from people. It involves separating from places. Some places provide too much temptation. So this is simple. You don't go there. You don't go there anymore. You may have to rearrange your environment. And you say, every time I'm there, I'm tempted in this regard, so I can't go there anymore. And, and so people, places, practices, practices, practices that lead to temptation. So you may have to restructure your life. You may have to delete an app. You may have to, if, it's, if you're serious enough and you're having real problems, go to a flip phone, do what you gotta do. You may have to get rid of a music download, a video game, whatever. Whatever is fueling your lust, whatever's fueling your worry, whatever's fueling your deceit, whatever's fueling your anger, resentment. You may have to rearrange your whole schedule. Do what you gotta do, put off, make no provision for your fleshly desires. Jesus said, if your eye offends you, do what? Pluck it out. Now there's a unique context there, but it, it's a simple meaning. I mean, if you have gangrene in your foot, what's the doctor gonna tell you? He's gonna tell you, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to remove your foot. We're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to amputate. Would you rather lose your life or your foot? And so Jesus said, hey, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. In other words, do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. Remove, put off the old way of life by separating yourself from people, places, and practices that fuel temptation in your life. So, so remove. Now let's go to verse 23. So that's the negative. Now let's go into the positive direction. Remove, put off the old way of life. Now renew. Look how it reads. And that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I say it this way. You have to install new and better software. 
The prescription for change here happens in your mind. Now, we all have a brain. If you have a brain, say amen. Oh, praise God. You have a brain. I have a brain. You have a brain. That's wonderful. What is your brain? Your brain is the hardware. Your brain is the intellectual structure or capacity to restore, store, retrieve, receive information. It's, it's, it's biological. Your mind is not your brain. Behind your brain is your mind, which includes your emotional being, your personality, your will, and your judgment. Your brain is the hardware, your mind is the software. Say that with me, everyone. Your brain is the hardware, your mind is the software. Your brain is part of your body, your mind is part of your soul. It's immaterial. It's the immaterial essence that animates your body, that animates your brain. Now, our secular society assumes that when something's wrong with your thinking or your behavior, it's always a hardware problem. Our secular, did you hear that? Our secular society assumes if you have a thinking or behavior problem, it's a hardware problem. Now, let me be quick to say, that may be the case that it's predominantly a hardware problem. If you see someone with Down syndrome and and you see the way they act, you say to yourself, okay, they, they have a brain malady. Everybody understands that when you see them. When when you see someone with Alzheimer's and there's this change in personality and change in behavior, everyone looks at them and go, okay, uh, we understand they have Alzheimer's. That's why they're, they're, they're talking that way. That's why they're acting that way. So I'll be quick to say it could be predominantly a, a, a brain problem, but not necessarily. See, our brain receives and stores information from the mind, which is the program that's prepared by spiritual sources, our instinctive personality, our thoughts, the influence of Satan and his demons. They can speak to our mind. Through God and his word, through a direct connection to God in prayer. Typically, this this is the truth. When we have a thinking or behavior problem, more than likely it's a spiritual issue. If you have a thinking or behavior problem, more than likely it's a spiritual issue. So what do you have to do? What do you have to do? Most behavioral problems are software issues. We understand the analogy. Computer software consists of clearly defined instructions that upon execution instruct the hardware to perform tasks. And so it's this, the same is true of your mind and your brain. And so if you, have a, if you have a bad sinful habit, if you have a thinking and behavior problem, you need to ask yourself this question, and we all need to ask this. What sources form the predominant informational inputs that make up my mental software? What sources form the predominant informational inputs that are making up my mental software? With God and God's help and through his word, we can can change our software. 
We can put in different software. We can update the software. We can have acceptable mental activity. We can win the battle over our mind by making sure that the informational input that's the most substantial is God's Word. And if God's Word is the most substantial informational input, that's going to affect the way we think and the way we act. Bible in, Bible out, junk in, junk out. Would you say that with me? Bible in, Bible out, junk in, junk out. You put the Bible in, you get the Bible out. You put junk in, you get junk out. Satan knows it. Satan knows it. That's why he's the prince and power of the air and, and this present world. And he's working through media. And he's a musical creature. So Satan knows it. If he can just get the junk in, he's going to get the junk out. And God knows it as well. And so he gave us his holy word and the Holy Spirit indwelling us who wrote the word of God. And if we'll cooperate with the spirit and get into the word and let it, let it become part of our thinking and dwell richly in us, it will change the way we think and act. Bible in, Bible out. So he says, where's the victory? It's being renewed in the spirit, the software of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So you say, I need to sever this sinful habit. It's killing me. It's destroying me. I need a godly habit. Well, put off, remove yourself from temptation. Put off the old way of life by making no provision for fleshly desires. People, practices, places. Renew yourself through the spirit of your mind. Last of all, replace. Replace. Now, if all you do is remove, Jesus talked about this, is all you do is remove and you don't replace, well, then it just comes back with a vengeance. And so you have to replace. Now, let's see how it reads and we'll be done today. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, remove, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put off the old, put on the new. Just like you put off the dirty clothes, you put on the new clothes. I hope you have that habit as well. Put off the dirty clothes, put on some new clean clothes. Now let me clarify before I show you how this looks. This is deeper than just changing behavior. This is more than mere moralism. You can change your behavior by, by sheer willpower. Anybody in the room can change your behavior by sheer willpower. But what you tend to do when you do that is just change one addiction into another. So you, let's, let's think of it with overeating. You have an overeating problem, okay? And so you change your behavior um, and you stop that, and now you're addicted, you find yourself addicted to fitness training. So you, you, that, that you're, just, you're just changing one thing for another. So you can produce superficial change, you can produce temporal change on your own by sheer willpower. 
But you cannot become like Jesus by sheer willpower. You can't be godly on your own. You can't be like Christ on your own. You can't live the Christian life by yourself. No one in the room, including myself, can live the Christian life. So on our own, this is not mere moralism. This is not just changing behavior. This is cooperating with the Holy Spirit so that the life of Christ comes out of our life. This is more than just a religious exercise. This is more than just an ethical code. This is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a vital relationship with Jesus and partnership with him so that his life comes out of your life. So that he works in you and through you and people see Jesus in you. You say, okay, Pastor Zach, I've heard that before. That's a wonderful concept. I've heard that before, but how does it look? How does it look? Well, let me show you a, a classic verse that talks about how it actually looks, all right? So this is how that new way of living looks. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There it is, put off and put on, right there in that verse as well. It's all over the New Testament, put off and put on. So in this verse, it says, flee youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call out on the Lord out of a pure heart. A life that was once characterized by lust, spiritual darkness, sensuality, impurity, selfishness, greed, is now characterized by righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and fellowship. He said, do all of these things with those that call on the Lord out of pure heart. So let's think of those together. So this will help us to see how this looks. Jesus will work in your life to replace the old way of living with this way of living. Acts of righteousness. Instead of acts of impurity, now you're involved in acts of righteousness. You're doing what's right. Acts of faith. Now, now you're using your gifts and your talents to attempt great things for God. Acts of righteousness, acts of faith, acts of charity. Instead of uh, trying to just meet your selfish needs, now you're looking to meet the needs of others. And so you're involved in acts of charity, acts of peace, acts of peace. Now God is motivating you to form peaceful relationships, to seek reconciliation, to be a friend, to, to act in kindness toward others. Acts of righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with those that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Acts of fellowship with growing godly believers like yourself. And here's what I found in my life, and, I, and I'm not perfect, I'm still working on it, okay? But these things are so much more fulfilling than the old way of life. With impurity comes guilt, with righteousness, no guilt, fulfilling. Acts of faith. Man, when you step out there and start doing things for God and using your talent for God, it is so fulfilling. You see the work of God to help people to be saved and grow in their Christian walk. And you say, God used me right there. It is so fulfilling. Acts of charity. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so when you go out there and start serving people with your life, it's so fulfilling. 
Selfishness is not fulfilling. Acts of peace, peaceful relationships, seeking peace, and then fellowship with other believers who are doing the same thing. I'm telling you, you, you can't beat it. It's so much better than that old way. If you just get a taste for it, you're going to say the same thing I said. I'm not going back to that old way again. I'm not living that way again. This way is so much better. There it is. It's the life of Jesus. The new man is Jesus. Living his life through us. And it's the best way to live because he's the one that made life. That's why he could say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I made life, I know how it's supposed to be lived. You say, I have a sinful habit, Pastor Zach. We all struggle. I, have, I just, it's, it's this weakness, I'm overwhelmed, I'm surrounded by it, I give in. How do I, how do I replace that? There's your formula this morning. There's your formula. Remove, put off. Make no provision for. Renew. Put the Bible in. Get the junk out. Change your software. Replace. Let the life of Christ work through you and involve yourselves in acts of righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and fellowship. And with this new life comes a new lifestyle. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.